Uh, this is the Sports Report broadcasting live on a Tuesday from San Luis Obispo, California. I'm your host, Matt Kreiser, alongside my co-host, Dan Dempster, right here live on KCPR 91.3 FM. So much to get to, Dan. Ohio State, Michigan. Ohio State defeating Michigan 30-27. to That was my favorite football game I've seen thus far this year. It was my favorite college football game, definitely. I... Everything it, you would expect. Just great OT finish. Oh, it's what you wanted with a two versus three match. You had the drama. You had Ohio State going for it, with running, trying to sneak their punter on that fourth and, you know, like seven from their own 17. And then you had Michigan fumbling it right back. And then you had the kicker drama, the kicker missing those, those yeah. easy field goals. And then he finally made it at the end. So then you didn't have to stress about his entire life being ruined. <laughs> then you could go to overtime. Then you could have double overtime. And then you could have the referee controversy. And ah, that was a close one on fourth down. And think about this. So on Sunday night, we had that Broncos-Chiefs game. And they were able to overturn that call because the Chiefs guy did not yet have completion of the ball before he was in the end zone. They had the angle right on the end zone. There was cameras all over the stadium. I never saw a great angle on that fourth and one. Was yeah. there a camera on that line? I mean, I mean, Harbaugh claims he is on the line. Was there a camera there? I mean, I don't think there ever is. It's harder to do it when you're in the middle of the field. They always have that goal line camera. But I think in the end, it's so hard to overturn a call that's or a spot call and especially with those camera angles yeah. it was like uh in and it was end, weird he's like he ran into that player in the end like you're probably not going to overturn um after video rev- video review unless it's a terrible spot and it's like clear as day i feel like in the end like the line judge has like the best view and he's going to make that call Right, it's hard to spot on football though. You're never mm-hmm. gonna have a perfect spot in football. They gotta have cameras everywhere. Here's here's uh, Jim Harbaugh after the game. The fishing. I'm bitterly disappointed with the officiating today. That spot. The the graphic display is the interference penalties. The one not called on us on Grant Perry. Clearly was being hooked before the ball got there. And the, the previous penalty they called on Delano Hill. The ball is uncatchable and by the receiver. See, I'm bitterly disappointed in the officiating. Yeah, but Jim Harbaugh was, he was a star in the game. I thought, you know, he had his glasses. I thought he was styling. He broke his headset. The loudest cheer I heard the entire game, it was deafening. I don't know if you saw it, but when he got that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after breaking his headset and throwing his papers, did you see how loud the crowd was? You couldn't even hear the referee. The crowd was louder at that moment than it was when they won the game. It almost seems like Harbaugh is like another player on this team. Almost seems like to be the face of that team more than any other star player, more than quarterback Spates or even Peppers. My thought is that he would have been great for the ratings and great for the college football playoff. He's just a huge star, and it's a star. NCAA is is turning into a star-powered league. He's a star Mm -hmm. in his own right. Michigan's a huge brand, but... He brings it to an entirely another level. Um, Urban Meyer is not this does not bring the same entertainment to a game that Jim Harbaugh does. I think like I know for me, I'm more of an NFL guy. I mean, I'm I'm gonna mm-hmm. tune in for Michigan, Ohio State, but he brought me to that game and I was interested to see. I was always excited when they panned a the camera to him. He's got his mm-hmm. glasses, he's <laughs> fuming, you don't know what facial expression he has. Yeah. He's like he's like a Donald Trump type character. You don't know what you're gonna get. And that is true. You never know what you're going to get. And that's been the same like ever since he's been at like Stanford 
Stanford to 49ers, it's always the same, and it's always hilarious each and every week. And each of those places, he didn't last too long. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking, how long is he going to last at Michigan now? Because I'm a big Jim Harbaugh fan, but he's known, and it's talked about in the sports world, that he wears his welcome out. Mm-hmm. He wore his welcome mm-hmm. out in the, the Niners. He, he he grinded the Niners. He he Brutal practices. The players started to get tired of him, even though they respect and, him and think he's yeah, a great and coach. The and they... I think there's a little more glue to Michigan with him, though. Just, I mean, main reason being is that it's his alma mater. Right. Like, he's going to want to coach for him as much as he wants. But, yeah, you you do raise a good point. Like, he just doesn't seem to last very long. I mean, you kind of wonder what the players are thinking. You look down the sideline, your coach is going ballistic. Just, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like... The players that just don't like him and push him out, but or if he just needs to be on a different team every few years. Yeah, and we saw yesterday him. on Monday he got he got Michigan got fined ten thousand dollars. They backed him up and he got a reprimand, a formal reprimand. I don't know what that means. Mm. But even JT Barrett wasn't sure if he got that fourth down. I want to play this oh. as well. Honestly, uh, when I got hit, um, I wasn't hundred percent certain, but I'm glad we got it. Review said it was good. Review said it was good. Review said it was good. That's all. That's all I needed. I don't know. I was shocked. So we got to get to the rankings. Enough of JT. Enough of Jim. I don't see a lot of scenarios where it's not Washington, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. I think the top four that it is, it's Alabama, it's Ohio State two, Clemson three, Washington four. If Washington wins solidly, they're in. Clemson mm-hmm. wins, they're in. They're playing Virginia Tech. Ohio State's almost in a great place because you'd have yeah. to say Wisconsin would have to what thump Penn State and really thump them because, because they would have to I mean yeah we'll see after um because my thinking is Penn State's at seven here and I can't see I have trouble seeing why they're ranked ahead of Colorado because here's my thing with Colorado you look at Colorado Colorado lost to USC with their backup quarterback and then Colorado lost to Michigan. But here's the thing. Now That's it gets true. a little complicated. Michigan blew out Penn State. They blew out Penn State 49-10. to 10. So when I'm in that college football playoff committee meeting and I'm one of these important old dudes who decides who goes to the playoffs, <laughs> I'm thinking that Colorado should be at the 7 spot or something. Penn State's at 7. And then was I definitely think Wisconsin should be ahead of Colorado though Wisconsin you see them yeah, at the sixth spot I would agree with that. they have lost two close games and their only losses are Michigan and Ohio State and they beat LSU early on in the season they went and played people so and then they got Penn State now if they thump there could be an argument to get two Big Ten teams in there but I think Penn State you can't put them in Colorado I'm a homer for Colorado. I've been on I've been on the bandwagon the whole season just for fun, no particular reason. I think it's good to see them go from last to first, but there's I can't even make a good argument for them to make it in because because even if even if um they beat Washington, you kind of have to favor Michigan over them because they got thumped by Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, definitely. And you also got to look at Wisconsin too in there um if Colorado does win that game. No, Ooh. they have a serious strength of schedule. Yeah, I mean Michigan's been, been close. playing so well. It's like how much does that championship game really matter in the end? Yeah, and, and it's already a- How much is this Wisconsin Penn State matchup going to 
matter to this playoff committee. Right, and the playoff games do matter. Like Alabama's in if they win theirs, and Clemson's in if they win theirs. So it's not that they don't matter. It's just that they're not the Mm end-all, be-all. Like there are circumstances, like Ohio State's a very strange circumstance where you go undefeated except for someone within your own – they're in the east of the Big Ten. Alabama, LSU did that few years back yeah and it's just weird because one one side of a conference is much stronger than mm-hmm. the other and wacky scenarios can come up so i think everything's kind of it'll it'll work its way out um again washington has a chance though i think they're in if they beat colorado yeah i mean but this brings up a whole another question i'm i'm just gonna bring up well, since who we're talking about them? all uh, yeah but if we're talking about all these teams right now like oh yeah they're good they're good but do you think the playoff should be bigger? You think it should be more than four? Well, putting you on the spot. I'd be okay here. with six. I think six is six cool, and like you get a, a buy for the yeah. top two. That could work. I just, I don't. It's that was the whole reason the playoff was created. I think six be- is great. Six is what do you do? Six for your fantasy football team. Six. Six for yeah. fantasy football. Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it's a nice right. way to reward the 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 higher performing mm-hmm. team, the higher performing top two teams. And it's similar to AFC and NFC in the NFL. You reward those teams with a buy, and you give a little bit more un- opportunity to the teams at the bottom. Because it's pretty clear this year that a Big 12 team's not going, well, yeah. well, uh, no. I guess if Oklahoma blew out Oklahoma State. That's See, it's like you keep, you keep dropping more and more. Well, we'll have six, yeah. then eight. And it gets, it gets uncomfortable because there's an argument you made at every point in the rankings mm-hmm. like then you start totally. after haggling over penn state and colorado and usc well Definitely. usc look at how hot they are you can make an argument like how ohio state was when they won the national championship and snuck in at the four spot a couple of years ago so it keeps delaying the problem but I, if i had a magic number i'd say six for me yeah. i'm okay with four eight's a little much i'd like six it's, and- it's pretty common and in football, at least. Yeah, that's why strength of schedule just matters so much in college football because not not all of these teams are playing each other. Right. And just, yeah, most of the teams the are doing strength of schedule now. So yeah, all and, the teams are playing each other. Some mm-hmm. used to avoid it. You know, Iowa and Nebraska, you don't see them there. They didn't make it. They didn't. Yeah, and that's been an argument against a lot of Pac-12 teams. And looking at the Big 12, too, uh, they don't even have their championship game. I mean, it's an argument against Pac-12 teams, but the only Pac-12 teams that are really there, there that you can argue against would be Washington. And, Maybe I mean, Colorado. they played – yeah, I mean, Colorado played Michigan, so you can't. They had their big yeah. they had their big out-of-conference game, and sure. USC played Alabama. So I think everyone's cleaning it up. Let's move over to the NFL. Colin Kaepernick, controversy. Fidel Castro died, and right before he – was wearing so is on Wednesday I believe last week he was wearing a Fidel Castro shirt with so it's Fidel Castro with Malcolm X Malcolm X Malcolm X is a hero of his and you know he admires him and looks up to him as a role model and this was in Miami I thought it a bit provocative Stephen A thought a bit more Stephen A Smith ESPN and I say when you hear them talk about this dictatorship, this regime, you're talking about dungeons, you're talking about firing squads, you're talking about murder, you're talking about, what is this here? The Human Rights Watch. According to the Human Rights Watch, Cuban citizens have been systematically deprived of their fundamental rights to free expression, privacy, association, assembly, movement, and due process of law. You know, when you hear those kind of things, and you're Colin Kaepernick, and you're talking about 
the stuff that he's talking about. When your sorry, pathetic behind didn't even have a decency to register to vote, to activate yourself in this election. You know, it's a damn crime that you would even sit up there. I told you to shave that damn afro. Stop acting like you're a militant. You're ignorant. And that's the bottom line. I'm not questioning his intelligence. I'm saying ignorance on the part is he picks and chooses what he wants to disseminate. I'm not and that's what I wanted to get to. He picks and chooses what he wants to disseminate because I think Kaepernick is a good guy and he wants to do the right thing. And I'm not trying to be that guy who wants to see Kaepernick go down in flames. I mean, I was a huge right. Kaepernick fan when he started in the NFL. He was like my favorite quarterback his first his years under Jim Harbaugh. I thought he was super talented. He still is. He played a good game on Sunday and just came up short against Miami. But the fact of the matter is that he, you know, he knew what he was doing wearing a he 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 wasn't playing around wearing a wearing a Castro yeah, I mean, a shirt. <laughs> Obviously, Malcolm X is still his role model. It's true, but he's 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 poking at people wearing that Castro shirt, that Fidel Castro uh, in the same shirt as Malcolm X. And then this, I was researching for this, and this was kind of the last straw for me. Kaepernick saying this, he's had all this stuff about how oh people overlooked, you know, this was taken out of context, and this is what he had to say at the end of his press conference after the game. Don't worry about people losing track of what the message is, because I've been true to the message. I'm against systematic oppression, and voting is a part of that system. And what? so what? that's but, where uh, that's where he's done because he said <laughs> I'm against bit. systematic oppression and voting, voting is part is... of the system. And well, none of that happened in Cuba. And none of that happened under Fidel Castro. Uh, yeah, like the whole point of voting is to, you know, kind of have systematic oppression. Right. But and the whole point of voting it's systematic, is yes. he didn't vote also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. So that's, that that just kind of really that's where me. he's that's where I Personally. get a little bit cynical and think he's mm -hmm. playing games. I, I do think he yeah. cares about things, but I think he plays games and. Yeah, I don't appreciate I feel like it. that's the case with a lot of people. Like we all want to do good and we all mean well but sometimes we just poke too much at some things and like are we do you really we don't sit back and think should i really be talking about this or should i just accept especially, that i went a little too far i was wrong yeah, especially there. especially on the platform that these guys are on because we're listening to everything they're saying so pretty much everything is way more important when it comes out of their mouths. Yeah, and he, he, he destroyed himself there. We did a little Socratic method, and it didn't end well for Kaepernick yeah. there. So, NFL, though, great weekend as well. How yes, about indeed. Broncos Chiefs game of the week? And it lived up to the hype. Yeah. Even the guys, even the broadcasters, Chris Collinsworth and Mike Trico filling in for Al mm -hmm. Michaels, they've started to find it funny how good every Sunday night game is. They're yeah. like, oh, really? It's going to come down to the wire? Like, that game on Sunday a couple nights ago, it wasn't even... It wasn't even sort of close a lot of the game. It was really defensive. And then it just turned into this great game. And they're like, wow. I know. I, I was, guess we just always get this. I was on the way back home from uh, from home from Thanksgiving. <laughs> from home for Thanksgiving, yeah. My other back home. To... From home to home. But, yeah, I was checking in on the score 0-0 zero, zero in the second. Wow, that's really defensive. And then I come back, and it's well into the 20s and – just that overtime was crazy in the end. Yeah, did you like it's, Kubiak's decision to do the 62-yard field goal? I mean, I don't know how else they could have done it. I mean, go for go it on 4th and 10 or and punt the for the tie. See, I don't like to go for the tie. I think going uh, for the tie is lame. Guys. I think it's, it's lame. lame. Here's the but thing, though. Yeah, you get another loss. That is true. 
they would be up a half game on Miami. They mm. have Miami has the tiebreaker over them right Ooh. now. They're getting themselves into just a, they're playing with fire. Yeah. Okay, do I think Denver's yeah. better than Miami? Yes. Do I think they have way better players? Yes. Is Denver playing Jacksonville next week so they can get a bounce back game? Yes. So it's all yeses. Go for your kick. But on the flip side of the coin, Chiefs are then the Chiefs are seven three and one. You're seven three and one. You guys are tied. You both have wild card spots. Now you're in seventh in the AFC. You're out of the wild card spot if you're Denver. It's a must win game at Jacksonville. Yeah. Miami's on a big winning streak. It's just is are they going to be able to get that field goal in the ninety seconds that are left in the game? Maybe. But, I mean, you have a pretty good defense, too, if you're Denver. And I think playing for the tie is almost like playing for the win because unless you think you can win the game and then catch the Raiders. And maybe that's what they're going for. I mean, I would have played it safe. I understand what they're going Mm -hmm. for. Here is Gary Kubiak after the game. We won a division division football game, and we had a chance to do it with something that our kicker's done before. You know, they did it before the game. So, uh, I know it's tough, and uh, you know it's a, a tough kick, but it's something he's done, and it's me showing confidence in him and confidence in our defense. If it doesn't happen, so uh, like I told you guys, I believe in our football team, and you know we're going out there battling our tail off, trying to win a football game, and that's what I was trying to do. I agree with some of that, but some of that I don't agree with. Like yeah. you trust your defense, but it's a little hard to trust your defense just to like you really trust your defense if you think they're not going to give up 15 yards to get in field goal range yeah definitely. they're already on the other side of the they, 50 yeah it was pretty much a gimme you just got to run it and make sure uh you don't screw up the clock if you're the chiefs right but do you see tyreek hill the rookie what a yeah. guy he's like the first player since like the 50s or something some yeah. guy in the bears to return a touchdown mm-hmm. receive a touchdown and run a touchdown in a game yeah, amazing. I'm this guy's that fast. Nobody's done that. Yeah, and he looks amazing. He there was uh, a couple guys on Sunday. I saw this guy Taylor Gabriel on the Falcons, fast guy. I saw too. that. He had that run where he just or yeah, that and, touchdown where he just dove in from the five. Yeah, that these was players, amazing. these players make a difference. Like they're just a little bit. You almost feel watching. They're just a little bit. They're not more, way more athletic. They're just a little bit more athletic, and they they just. You could call the same play call for say you're on the Chiefs, you call, you know, uh, you know, like a just a wide wide run, like a pitch, pitch out to the sideline yeah, to Charkandrick West or to mm. Spencer Ware. Uh-huh. It's you could call the exact same play, but put oh, in yeah. Tyree Kill and you're gonna get a completely different outcome. Yeah. I think that's what makes the Chiefs pretty good on offense, and then that keeps them keeps their opponents a little unstable. They got a lot of weapons to work with and I think it was really important for Hill, especially to step up with Macklin being out with that groin injury and not also not having Jamal Charles. But yeah, those guys like Spencer Ware and Charkandrick and Tyreek Hill now is coming up. That's really good for them. And go along with that defense, they're looking pretty good in the AFC West. Definitely. I think, yeah, it's just interesting to think, you know, personnel, play calling, it all intertwines. So. Mm-hmm. Do you see that Ravens safety at the end of the game? You see all of them? They're, they're <laughs> Where they held, intentionally hold like held 11 them? people? Yeah. That was to, amazing. I, I, that's I, a hard I didn't watch right that there. game, but then when I was prepping for the show, I'm like, wait, what is this? And like those Chiefs or those Bengals guys, excuse me, I thought they would have been able to get off them easier. 
But I guess it would have been illegal contact to like shove their faces or something to get yeah. them off. But maybe they weren't expecting it. And I guess Harbaugh did in the Super Bowl to beat his brother Jim too. Mm. Kind of funny. Here was John Harbaugh after the game. I tried to uh, I tried to uh, say that you know I mentioned that was the it was the best safety ever taken, and uh, and I meant what I meant was it was the best executed safety ever taken because we we kept him clean the whole time. But Sis said nothing can top the Super Bowl safety, so. Uh, said, no, the greatest one was the Super Bowl safety. But they did a great job with that, and uh, proud of them. Is that why you took the five-year-old? Ravens, up ahead of the Steelers. It's weird because the AFC West, You, I kind of like the Broncos still to get I still like the Broncos. They're, I like them more than Miami. And then you have the Chiefs. Those are the two wild cards in the AFC. And then you have the Raiders at 9-2 and two in first place. Mm-hmm. And then you have... On the NFC, you have the Cowboys, Redskins, Redskins. Giants. Giants. Yeah. So you got two divisions in the NFL that are powerhouse divisions, NFC East and AFC West. Yeah, and I think that NFC East is going to be amazing to watch out, play out. Um, just, just watching that uh, Thanksgiving game with Dallas and Washington – it kind of seems like you would kind of think that, oh, it's Dallas. They're what heading into that game. They were nine and one. This, oh, that was a marquee should, game. Should that easy. should have been the night game. My my cousins right. were telling me at dinner. They're like, why why is the Pittsburgh game on? Like Colts have their backup or something. I think it's Fox just yeah. NBC NBC always yeah. gets the good rights. Always has the night game. But yeah, it's just the Steelers were playing the backup QB of the Colts, which kind of ruined it. Could have been yeah, a shootout, was... but Cowboys Redskins was the game. You got it, Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, was, Kirk's playing well. That was a good game. It was great. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. How about that? I'm pretty sure just kind of like looking at all the receiving totals, like the receiving leaders, like the Redskins receivers were just up there. I feel like Cousins had more than like 400 yards, something about that, right? Yeah. I want to say. 400-something, yep. And it's kind of amazing. They just got to, I don't know, they got to finish, finish out drives a little better. They always kind of seem to – kind of get bogged down once they get in opponent territory like a few like incompletions like a miss or two but they got explosive players deshaun jackson had a huge break yep. he was wide open yep um jordan reed a couple of touchdowns oh yeah yeah they, fantasy guy there they have plenty of weapons to work with like i said that nfc east is gonna be really fun yeah vikings though they're kind of they're on the outside looking in yeah. They're a team I feel a little bit bad for. Good personnel. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It, but Especially after that 5-0 start, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they I just, mean, and, and it doesn't get easier for them than playing the Cowboys on mm, Thursday. Yeah. I mean, they could win that game. It's like Dak. Dak owes us a disappointing game. Or he's going to go 15-1 and and match my boy Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> uh, for most wins in rookie seasons. Um, Buccaneers, that was a shocking game. Very much so. 14-3. Five. Fourteen to five, that safety. Right, I was, I was really, I didn't really catch up on that game, but wow, just you wouldn't expect that. I thought like, oh, Seahawks going into Tampa Bay, Jimmy Graham's on my fantasy team, he'll get me decent amount of points. No, shut down that entire offense. Russell Wilson did not play well, not a good stat line for him. No, but the Bucks, the Bucks, good defense. Um, 
lot yeah, of turnovers in that game on both the sides. The Bucks are really underrated. And there's a few of those teams. I feel like I sort of just decided the Bucks like had were a lost cause when they couldn't beat the Raiders yeah, when the Raiders that... committed like 23 penalties. See, I had but that, then I had the same feeling. But, but then the Buccaneers have bounced back from it. Yeah, I had the same feeling after just watching that game. Yeah, the penalties. I'm like they're demoralized. That missed, that missed tackle to just let them run for yeah. 40 yards. That that was kind of the icing on the cake. Right. Um. But yeah, I feel like the Bucks are kind of underrated. Um, they're kind of they're kind of sneaking into the wild card race. They're on the outside yeah, looking the, in, but they have a good opportunity. That division is actually kind of competitive. I feel like the Saints blowing out La Rams. La Rams. La Rams getting hey, blown out. La Rams that's though. A, Jared that's Goff. A decent th- three TDs. Yeah, I mean, it's at better. Saints I mean, and Saints just once they just start blowing up. Yeah, they just once Breeze, conti- it's just like. It's not going to stop. Yeah, once Breeze starts being Breeze, it's kind of hard to... A couple other players went off, though. Antonio Brown on Thanksgiving. Three TDs, his first three TD game. Khalil Mack, Raiders beating the Panthers. Panthers now out of the playoffs for sure. Done. Goodbye Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, Khalil Mack, one fumble recovery, one touchdown, one interception, one forced fumble. Huge game for Khalil Mack. And then the Giants, OBJ with two touchdowns. And one of those yeah, came on the OBJ route. I just call it the OBJ route now. It's just the short the short route across the middle and then just turn on the accelerator mm-hmm. and run the sideline for a touchdown. And then yeah. another thing about that, I, I've i watched the Giants the whole season like always looking for Jason Pierre-Paul like because he had that whole thing with the firework and uh-huh. lost a finger, and I always look at his hand. I, they there. never yeah, show I his I hand. To, they I never was see. To get a good look at it too. And like, it's you... never there, and you can never see his hand. Just looks normal. And finally, he had that interception return for a touchdown, and raised his hands up, and I'm like, oh wow, he really did lose his finger. Yeah, it. I forgot which hand it was. But I think it's his index like... finger on, or not uh, index ring finger on like one a, of the hands. But... One and a half or two. It's yeah. It's gnarly, but good for him. Don't play with fireworks, kids. Yeah, definitely don't, but hey, I guess it still works. And then another player with a big game, McCoy, 103 yards, two TDs. So, eh. Shady being shady. Titans beat the Bears. All right, we got to wrap up this segment. Long one for you today, but a lot of football, and football is what we like to talk about, right, Dan? Yes, sir. This is the Sports Report on KCPR 91.3 FM. Well, this is the Sports Report on KCPR 91.3 FM. We There were a couple of different pockets here in the country where there was, you know, just a lot of sports action to cover this weekend. And one of those was, of course, Ohio and Michigan with the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. And another one of those was Colorado. You know, we had the Denver Broncos lose to the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime on that barely made Cairo Santos field goal. And then the Colorado Buffaloes winning their first Pac-12 South title after being in the conference for five years. So I wanted to bring on a friend. I got Ben Brown, senior at Colorado. How's it going, Ben? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Uh, a little disappointed with the Broncos result last night. Uh, I thought that Santos kick was going to miss. But <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Season's still alive. But really, it's all buffed right now. Uh, everyone's hyped about it. We're not really a football school, so we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it was like the first uh, sellout in years, right? Yeah, like in a long time. I mean, the last time we made a bowl, what was it, 2007, I think. Um, and even then, it was like the Independence Bowl. wasn't. It? I mean, we played Alabama and lost, but it just kind of like our last two bowls we've been in, actually, we've played. In 07, played Alabama. 05, played Clemson. And so, I mean, you see where those two programs are now. So I think it's, it was almost kind of just about time for us to finally step it up. 
So I want to get right into it. Nice. With the, yeah, with the playoffs, though, you guys are on the outside looking in. I feel like you're a little bit disrespected in the rankings with USC one spot <laughs> below you. Um, oh, a yeah. a three-loss team, highest-ranked three-loss team, but you lost to that team with your backup quarterback in. I mean, what do you what do you think of the college football rankings right now? I mean, I mean, honestly, that's why I wish we were still in the Big 12. Um, I've lived in Boulder since I was five and have been growing up going to Boulder, mostly basketball games, but uh, I'll at least try to go like one or two football games a year. Um, and, I mean, now that I'm at the university, I go to pretty much all of them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even the Big 12, like if TCU does even remotely well, they'll get looked at for a national championship, whereas the Buffs were, I mean, we had, what, two losses? And I'm pretty sure both of our losses, we won by the spread. Because Michigan, we lost by 17. The spread was 19. And the only reason we lost to them was the second Steffo, our starting quarterback, out uh, went out. We had to put Montez on. And Montez isn't bad, but he's, I think, a sophomore, reg- even retro sophomore. I don't know. But he's pretty young and inexperienced, whereas Steffo has, you know, has four years of experience, knows the team, the guys trust him. And, yeah, I, I really just think the Pac-12 in general just kind of gets – underlooked in a year where you know U of O is not doing that well when Oregon's doing well the Pac-12 gets looked on uh, yeah definitely traditional powers and USC's a little bit down so yeah no USC's been down ever since Pete Carroll left sadly uh which I mean it was all because of the Reggie Bush thing really they lost their bowl eligibility for a few years and then their recruiting went down their like national notoriety just went down in general so it's a little bit of a shame but it's all good. <laughs> Do you think there's any scenario in which the Buffs sneak into the college football playoff? I mean, I've been saying this since like five, six weeks ago, that if we went out and UW went out, apart from the Pac-12 championship, so basically if we beat UW this week, uh, like I think we have just as good a shout as anyone. Two losses. Our losses were against Michigan, who, yeah, I mean, they lost to Ohio State. Like, you know, it's Michigan. They're a solid team. And our other loss was USC at USC. Um we still beat them by the spread, and we've actually never even beat USC. I think we're 0-11 all time <laughs> against USC in football, huh. and so a lot of those have been unlucky. Like, I went to the uh, – we had a home game against them last year in Boulder, and we were up, I think, 17-3 to or something, and we ended up blowing the lead, and that's actually where Cepho got injured, like broke his foot and was out for the rest of the season. And so it's kind of like, like the ending of last season or a defining moment was that loss to USC. It was like, we're so close, but we're not there yet. And so even this year, that's why I thought it'd be the same thing. Like, oh, we're so close, but we're not there. But we kind of have just used that loss as motivation. And if anything, it's made us, I'd say, stronger. And we, our running backs look good. Philip Lindsay is playing amazing for an undersized, you know, recovering from, I think, he had an ACL or some sort of knee injury. And yeah, running game looks good. Our long bomb's always on. And then the defense is really stepping it up, getting us key takeaways and even if they're not getting the takeaways, like there's just no easy passes with our secondary. No, which is definitely. Nice. That's something that stood out to me just watching the team is uh, just sitting on the couch. The secondary mm-hmm. plays really well. So Washington, though, on Friday at Levi yeah. Stadium in Santa Clara, California, yeah. that's a different level, I think a little bit more but explosive it, team than Utah. Yeah, I think if that game was in Boulder, we I'm confident 100% in. It's just, I mean – the altitude plays a factor. Yeah, you could say Utah plays at altitude, so they probably shouldn't be that aware. But like for a West Coast team to come out to Boulder, the altitude plays an effect. But really, just the environment at Boulder. People, as I said, we're not we're not a football school, so it's a little bit of a different environment. But it's still. I mean, it used to be one of like the big party schools back when he said it's like 420 smokeout and it was ranked by Playboy and all that. And obviously now they're they're like the university itself takes kind of a precedent on academics, and we have great 
business school by engineering. I think we had four Nobel Prize winners that went to um, our engineering school. At some, or, uh, we were the professors or students at the engineering school. So although it's like that, there's just a lot of smart people, a lot of energetic people. And yeah, if we can bring that energy with our traveling crowd, uh, I think we have a shot. I think it's the pace of play. I think I think Washington plays at a more explosive, more fast-paced pace of play, and you guys want to play at a slower pace, a more grindy defensive pace. And I think it all comes yeah. down to Sefa Lufau. Like your quarterback, he's he. What about him is the best in the country besides his ability to game and just get the yards and not go down? Like I think that run yeah. for the touchdown was so representative of your team. Like he got knocked back, but then he just put his arm down got up again at the one-yard line and snuck the ball over the line. I thought that was kind of symbolic of what the Buffs were this season. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think, um, I mean, that's what the Buffs are good. A lot of times on first down, we have these, like, designed, like, quarterback draw plays, um, and Cepho will run about two yards or three yards and get hit, and then he'll end up getting four to six yards on the play. Right. And that's just, like, what he does. Like, saying he's the best in the country – um, I don't think there's a single stat I could find you to prove that he's best in the country, but maybe yards after initial contact from quarterbacks. I don't know if that's even like an even the real stat, but that's kind of how we do well. So instead of having second and ten or second and eight, we're always having second and six or second and you know second and seven, which is just having that little bit of room enables us to go deep because we do have those. You know, we have Bobo, we have Shea Fields, and uh, I think Bobo was injured actually for the Utah game, so we have definitely lost some of our deep threats, especially in Colorado the past two weeks. It's been pretty cold, so we can't really rely on our long ball. Mm. So our offense has looked a little stagnant, but that's why I actually think Santa Clara is going to be good for us because it'll give our offense time to open up. Uh, Our junior receiver, coach's son, J-Mac, number 14, he's uh, becoming a crucial third down receiver. And so, yeah, I I mean, as you said, like Washington's going to want to play fast, but if the Buffs can – clock manage like they do and then just have those home run balls which they are very capable of then yeah i think that's how we're gonna win this is the sports report on kcpr 91.3 fm joining us now on the line is one of my good friends ben brown from boulder colorado we actually sailed around the world together on semester at sea <laughs> and ben Half watched his denver broncos win the super bowl <laughs> on the ship that was probably a little bit stressful but so was a couple nights ago when uh Denver lost on that Cairo Santos field goal. Were you well, happy with yeah. Gary Kubiak's decision on that 62-yard field goal? No, not not at all. Like with, what was it, 90 seconds left? Like, I mean, maybe try. Simeon was throwing it pretty well. Maybe look out. Like he kind of stopped targeting Demarius Thomas near the end. And yes, I have Demarius Thomas on my fantasy team, so I want him to target him more. But like Demarius Thomas is our highest played, our highest paid receiver, but he literally just doesn't get used. And I think that's a little bit of Kubiak system, and it's a little bit of Simeon getting adjusted to the yep. game. Uh, obviously, this whole season was disappointing that we didn't have Brock. Like, I have literally been... Really? I bought, wow. Know, I almost... I went out you and got a Brock, Brock Osweiler jersey. Yeah, I, I, I wanted Brock. <laughs> Let's put oh, that you way. wanted Brock, I, yeah. I, I wanted Brock. I thought he was future. But then Houston gives him that money. I, you know, like, I can't really blame Brock too much because he's not that good of a quarterback. And so if someone's going to give you great quarterback money when you're only a good quarterback, then go ahead, take it. And so if anything, I thought this season was going to be more of a transition, but I think we could sneak, sneak into the playoffs. 
Well, here's I mean, my we thing. If you, guys, if you guys tied that game, you're you're a half yeah. game up on Miami. Miami has the tiebreaker yeah. over you right now, and now you're on the outside yeah. looking in. You know, granted, Miami's yeah. going to yeah. have some games against the Patriots, and I don't know, but you can you know you guys got a bounce back game next week against Jacksonville. I get why Kubiak went for it, but it just seemed like a little bit too much. Like the half game is going to get you that wild card spot, and now you're going to have to. I feel like there's more pressure on the team to win out. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think that half game would have been huge. Uh, I mean, I it's hard for me to get pissed or not pissed at Kubiak because he came in and in his first year won a Super Bowl. So I kind of, at this point, as much as I don't you know, always agree with what he says, I kind of just trust the system, trust the process. I mean, we won with debatably the worst quarterback in the league last year, the worst starting quarterback in the league. Um, I mean, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But Peyton Manning was shell of his former self and Kubiak's offense and system still led us to kind of manhandle the Panthers in the finals and I guess that doesn't say too much how they're doing this year but <laughs> yeah I mean going going back to your initial point I I would not have kicked the field goal but whatever I'm I'm you know I'm over it on to the next one and we'll we'll make the playoffs so yeah there's yeah. enough winning to go around I mean you're at you're at Colorado and you got the Pac-12 championship no. game so you can live with, <laughs> you can live with that loss <laughs> I mean, I've I never in a million years thought the Buffs would be ranked in football when I was still here. And now, I mean, what are we in the most recent rankings? I haven't seen. Nine. Because, Nine? Because they, well, have the they Big Ten's a one? mess. Well, what no, about the... No, they haven't released it. They don't release it until Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday? Okay, Tuesday afternoon. Yep. Tuesday. So, yeah, I mean, I, I want six. <laughs> I want six. Well, it's, I don't think we're gonna get six. No, it's it's it's, it's a no mess respect. because you have Michigan, you have Wisconsin. Wisconsin's only lost to Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. You can't really jump Wisconsin just because no one's gonna give you know. Well, your loss why do you to jump USC. us? We've only we've only lost to Michigan and USC. USC who I know, debatably but, have the best player in the country. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm just saying what the committee's gonna do, not what I think. No, I, no I'm totally no, down I, to be a, a Buffs homer. <laughs> I'm all for the upset, but. Yeah. Jump on the bandwagon. Oh, oh, I already did. It's getting pretty. It's, it's getting pretty full, but we have uh, we got a little room left for anyone. So good, good. Jump on, but yeah, I actually got to cruise out. I got some class to go to, but uh, all right, always great talking to you, Matt. Yeah, thanks for stopping yeah, by the if show. You need, uh, any more in the coming weeks? Just let me know, and uh, yeah, we'll give you your Colorado sports bill. <laughs> good. Well, as long if the Buffs win, then I'll have you back next week. <laughs> sounds like a deal. All right, all right take it easy, Ben. Yeah, catch you later. Bye. Well, this is the Sports Report on KCPR 91.3 FM. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with JB and Nate for all things basketball. And welcome back to the Sports Report 91.3 KCPR. I'm JB Garcia with my co-host, Nate Edelman. What's up, JB? So we got a lot of hot topics in basketball over this last week. Uh, First off, I want to start... The Clippers sliding. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, NBA standings and uh, thank you, JB, for uh, opening it up. I know it's a it was different, but uh, it was fun. So let's uh, let's take a look at these standings and um, not too much change we could see on the Eastern Conference. The Cavs still have a stranglehold, being number one. Raptors number two, Bulls number three, and rounding it out we have the Hawks, Celtics, Hornets. Um, Pacers and at the bottom, the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks squeaking into that eighth spot. Bucks and, sliding out. And then um, going going down to the Western Conference, uh, JB, would you uh, do the honors? 
The Warriors moving up a couple spots, backed up to the number one thanks to this 11-game win streak where they've just com been completely dominant. Uh, the Spurs are in at number two. The Clippers dropping down all the way to number three. And then we have the Grizzlies, Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, and rounding out at the eighth seed, the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's go. Lakers are still there at uh, right now at uh, nine and nine. Um Still fighting for that uh, playoff spot, which is very fun to see. But yeah, the Warriors, um, they definitely have been crushing teams, including the Lakers. How many did they beat the Lakers by uh, past like 40 something points? Uh, it was 149 to not enough. 149 to the Lakers who can't score 149. Um, but but when we were, we're talking about the Clippers just a little bit ago, and they were sliding, and it doesn't help that the fact that they are in a two game losing streak right now. Yeah, they just haven't been playing uh, the defense we've gotten accustomed to seeing through this season. They look, uh, if you ask me, they just look a little tired. Yeah, and um, you know they uh, they struggled against um, uh, Memphis a little while ago, and then they uh, dropped two at Detroit and at Indiana, which should be two winnable games. But wow, the Indiana game they lost ninety-one to seventy. Yeah, so as you, like both road games, you could see. 108 to 97 against the Pistons. Uh, it was a little shaky there. And then you, you go on the road again to Indiana, 91 to 70. So neither of these games, I would say, they're playing uh, playing Clipper basketball. But, you know. But, but JB, what is Clipper basketball? Lob City. Lob City. Yep. Oh, well, yeah. that, that think, does make sense. I think they have an identity now as of recent years, thanks to Blake Griffin and CP3. But... I don't know. We'll take we'll we'll uh we will uh keep looking at those standings as those uh as weeks progress and um we have some uh interesting we like to talk about records on this sh on the show and uh one of them was Kevin Love. He he scored 34 points in a quarter against the Portland Trailblazers. And we have a little soundbite from Fox Sports Cleveland showing or playing the uh, highlights or for Kevin Love. So far, making other guys beat him. Love played out. They left him wide open. They don't know. Love is in the air. Northeast Ohio. Love again. Like layups from 23-9. LeBron James gave it up. Love again. Are you serious? Let's head over to the Jack Casino. He finally got the arm. Kevin Love. Oh, come on, Kevin. This is not fair. Just doing a lot of different love again. Oh, come on. He's going video game on him. Kevin Love. On a spin move, Davis came to help. It left Kevin Love open. Of course he made it. What else would you expect? I don't know. Love is in the air and video game. Those are some great calls. I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not sure who that announcer is, but um he, it was funny because it's. I think the majority of those points where LeBron gets double teamed, drives out and kicks, and Kevin Love just makes those threes. But you know, um, that's what every championship team is based on. If you really think about it, that's true. You do need a guy like that who makes those threes. Um, I must send it back to uh, the 2010 Lakers championship teams with Sasa Vujicic and Ron Artest and Shannon Brown being the keys to Kobe. As he would always drive it in and kick it out, you know. Oh, especially that 2010 drive in and kick out to 
run our test and Meta. he made that three and everyone was like no don't shoot it and then he made it and, and then he looked at his th- hand like did i just do that he just wait that I, I think Shaq does that too he just he just looks at his hand but you know but these are just you know the laker fans coming out of us but um and on to more um another record is the um is from carmelo anthony and uh jb would you uh let us know about what that is so if you guys missed it over the weekend carmelo hit the go-ahead basket to seal the game for the new york knicks which actually puts carmelo in the lead for most go-ahead field goals in the last five seconds or less of a game carmelo has 14 of those uh, atop of the list which includes the likes of kobe and dirk who each have 12. so we're, we're talking all time yeah, it's, who would have thought? Carmelo Anthony, Mr. Clutch. Game on the line, not Michael Jordan, not Kobe Bryant, but Carmelo Anthony. You heard it here. Well, it's not really you heard it here, but you get the point. But um, Carmelo must has ice in his veins. Oh, he 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 must. I mean, I don't I don't know how he celebrates. I don't know what Carmelo Anthony does when he goes home and. Says, honey, I'm my uh, my manager is Phil Jackson. We're not that good with the eighth seed. We're supposed to be a super team, according to my teammate Derek Rose. But <laughs> another another shocking game winner that happened over uh, the last week was Nick Young hitting the game winning three against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, it was later ruled to travel by the NBA. It's too late for that because the Lakers win that game. Uh, he actually stole the pass from Lou Will. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what that play was or what it was designed for. But Brandon Ingram, Lakers rookie, was just dribbling and dribbling, and then he tries to kick it out to Lou Will, Lou Williams, and Nick Young just straight up intercepts this pass and takes a wild shot, and it goes in, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's so awesome!" But I'm thinking, what was that play call? Yeah, I guess the play must have been designed to go back to uh, Lou Williams the whole time. And just uh, Nick Young was uh, later uh, quoted as saying, I just wanted to shoot that ball. <laughs> so another Lou Williams fact um, for you is that he is the third player. Um, actually, he is the behind Damian Lillard and Westbrook. He has scored more fourth quarter points than anybody, than else, anybody else. I think he has 137 points. I saw that right. Something like that, yes. So another reason why the Lakers are doing well. And even and honestly, I'm 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 obviously surprised like the rest of us, but also why are all these veterans getting all the accolades? It's just it's just it's a weird time for Lou Williams to starting, be the man. Yeah, starting to ball out. Yeah, what about um where's Jordan Clarkson? I'm not you know, I like if there was a guy, like I would want it to be that guy, but I can't. I can't complain. But the, the Lakers are banged up right now. They have. They're going to be without D'Angelo for about another week and a half. Uh, no Julius Randle because he's out with a hip injury, and um, Nick Young is also out with a foot injury. So that's three of your starting five out of the out of the lineup for about a week. And, and I guess you know the old veterans that they brought in to, to kind of teach this young core have to take over and uh, be the identity for these Lakers team. Yeah, there really hasn't been a um, weak link on that team so far, at least for what their expectations were. Yeah. But uh, moving on to um, the Washington Wizards, where after how many years of Bradley Beal and John Wall, we said like four or five? Yeah. 
When are they going to be good? They they have nothing to show for it. And um, uh, Bradley uh, Bradley Beal was recently fined fifteen thousand dollars for grabbing Evan Fournier and other players' throat. So it's just a really it's a big mess in Washington, and we're wondering when um, or how long they are going to stay as a unit together. Right now, they are in the bottom of the Eastern Conference, and their record is 5-10, and ten, and they just continue to struggle. They had um, early early success early on in their uh, time as a unit together, Bradley Beal and John Wall, but they're losing. They lost to the Sixers this year. They lost less than the Magic. I know Wizards fans probably don't want to hear this, but I think it's time to sell and sell high now while they can. I mean, let's be realistic. The Wizards are not going to get Kevin Durant in free agency. He's not going to go back home. You can't build around Bradley Beal and John Wall as, as it's been proven. Uh, the, I I think they just need to sell to get some draft picks or maybe some young prospects and hopefully try to rebuild from there. Who would you who would you trade, uh, John Wall or Bradley Beal? Uh, realistically, I think you can get more for John Wall. Um but he is kind of the face of that Wizards franchise. It's a difficult question because you do get more for John Wall and you could probably get a really nice draft picks, but it's the question, where is he going to go? I almost, I feel like it should be John Wall just because you could rebuild faster, but... Yeah, and then you got to find the right team. Like, who needs some point guard help right now? Um, Can't think of any... uh, I mean, John Wall... Honestly, I would love to see John Wall on the same floor team as Russell Westbrook. Oh, that'd be crazy! And Oklahoma City is is stacked with players, and that trade could work. Or they um, another interesting name. Well, eh. I mean the the Spurs have an aging point guard in Tony Parker. Um, the Warriors are fine, but it would be an interesting development and the Washington Wizards are a definite disappointment at least so far and we will watch out for them but um actually we forgot this accolade the uh Russell Westbrook he um he is a machine in o- in OKC and now he has um tr- he has 44 triple doubles which ties with LeBron James well now LeBron has 45 but in this case um Westbrook did it in 395 games less than LeBron, which is quite outstanding, and that probably has to do with Westbrook going to college instead of getting drafted out of high school. But it's just... it's Westbrook has just proven to be a different animal on the court this year, and we've seen it year in and year out. He's just stuffs the stat books, and no one thinks twice about it because he was on the same team as Kevin Durant. But now that he's kind of flying his own ship, it's just... I think everyone's starting to realize what kind of monster on the court this guy is. Is it fair to call the Oklahoma City Thunder the Oklahoma City Westbrooks? Uh, I think that is completely fair. Yeah, it, it's it's um, it's 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 honestly historic at this point how um, Westbrook leads the team in points and assists. Westbrook has thirty-one points per game, and he. He really carries the team, which is what uh, it's actually what we expected. I, we, are we expecting a scoring title out of Westbrook this year? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. But um, who do you think is going to get the scoring title? I think that the 
numbers never lie, but the win and loss record does. And Anthony Davis will end up leading the league in scoring. Hot take. You heard it here first. Anthony Davis. How many do you do we know the uh I'm sure he's in contention right now. Oh, he has to be. Uh I'm didn't he just have a another 30 and 10 30 and 15 game? And he's averaging 31.6 points per game. He's shooting at 50, 51% almost 52% from the field. I mean, this guy at his physical uh body type, his prowess from the field, his offensive arsenal. This guy can score from literally everywhere, and he's working on the three-point uh, game. Yeah, and also um, for you basketball nerds out there, his PER is 31.8, which is over double the average um, NBA player. So Anthony Davis is a monster, but his team is not so great. They were banged up with injuries, but um, they are looking better with um, Drew Holiday coming back. But... I feel, I feel really bad for Anthony Davis. So it's just he's just on a team that just doesn't really have a direction. I wish Buddy Heald would get more minutes. I feel like he'd be a good piece. Like that kid could score in college. Yeah, right now he is he is just sitting on uh how many points per game? He's um about almost 8 points per game and only on uh 17 minutes per but Maybe yeah. they're maybe they're slowly developing, and maybe they're maybe the, they're doing a little Brandon Ingram kind of thing. But he should play more because another other players on their roster include um, Archie Goodwin, Dante Cunningham, um, Tim Frazier, just players that are just average or below average. I guess looking at it at their roster, he is kind of behind a bunch of guards. They got Drew Holiday, Tim Frazier, Taiwan Moore, uh, Lance Stevenson. Langston Galloway, there's a lot of guards on this team. Yeah, and they just picked up Anthony Brown from that used to be in the Lakers, and they also drafted Czech Diallo, who uh, has not really um, gotten enough action yet. But in one game, before the Pelicans were um, struggling, and now they're they're doing um, a little bit better. But they they were a playoff team last year, and they took the Warriors to six games, I believe. Or is it five? But it's just they they got a complete they have a complete drop off now and it's just um, sad to see. But just to uh, close out, we want to look at the NBA schedule for this upcoming week, and um, some highlights include on Thursday those TNT matchups that we all love to watch, the Clippers at the Cavs, which would be a great game. Yeah, and you have uh, same night at. Uh, seven thirty. You have Houston and Golden State. The Beard versus the Chef. The Beard versus, the, yeah. Well, wasn't the debate when Curry won MVP? Um, it was Harden versus Curry. Yeah. And James Harden is doing. He's kind of flying under the radar. He is averaging way more assists than anyone expected. He uh, has played in seventeen games and has fourteen double doubles. That is unbelievable. These are just unbelievable stats. It feels there's, there feels like a lot of stat stuffing this year. At least that's what we're talking about. Yeah, our team's just not playing defense anymore. Is uh, we're throwing that book out the window. I mean, who like would we, you say the best defensive team is in the uh, NBA right now? Defensive team. Um, I would, I, don't know, I would have to throw up Cavs in that conversation. The Spurs, uh, the Clippers have been playing like we mentioned, great defense, except as of late. Um. 
but you have to expect the teams at the top of the at the top of the standings are playing great defense. Yeah, I would. My gut reaction would be the Spurs, just just because. Um, oh yeah, they're they have um, diff- opponents' um, field goals. They have um, ninety eight. They average ninety eight um, points. But the Clippers, actually, the Clippers do edge out. Actually, just looking at it, the uh, Utah Jazz are Utah the Utah mo- Jazz. Yeah, they have a really great defensive team, and but their problem is they also have. a problem scoring and they only scored 96 points a game and they um let their opponent score 92 so those aren't the most comfortable numbers but for more nba standings our schedule coming up the uh the Cavs play the bulls on um friday night which is funny because it is lebron and Dwayne wade again but also back during the world series which we talked about previously um lebron and Dwayne wade made a bet on the World Series and because Dwayne Wade's from Chicago and LeBron's from Cleveland and um LeBron lost because the Indians lost and now LeBron has to wear um he has he has to wear a full on uniform of the Cavs out oh, of the Cavs of the Cubs so he has to wear Cubs Cubs hat Cubs uh uniform and it's going to be a funny sight to see check that out on social media that's for sure yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know, I think that's all we have for the Sports Report this week. Thank you for tuning in to 91.3 KCPR. Hi, this is the Sports Report. If you like what you're hearing, check us out on iTunes at The Sports Report with Matt Kreiser or search for us on SoundCloud at The Sports Report with Matt Kreiser. Now it's time for many listeners' favorite segment of the show, NFL Picks of the Week with Cousin Berg. now on the line for our weekly NFL picks. Cousinberg, how's it going? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing well. You know, it's been a little bit of a crazy show today. We had our first time bringing Stephen A. on, and that was a lot to handle probably for some of our listeners, but I, th- I think they handled it well. Yeah, no, I, they're still not ready for LaQuasha. Oh, never ready for LaQuasha. <laughs> you know Stephen A. can sometimes go too far. Oh, absolutely. So who do you got, Berg? Who do you got? Uh, my first pick, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers getting two and a half points at the Bears. <laughs> this is going to be a horrible game. It's I don't think Stephen A. likes this pick. Do I need to replay yeah. some Stephen A. for you right now? I don't think he likes Kaepernick no. right now. Uh, Kaepernick might be a bum, but he's actually kind of fun to watch play football. Yeah. Uh, all I know is here's the Niners' last three games. The, liner, the Niners have covered their last three games. They lost by three at Arizona. They lost by 13 to uh, the Patriots. It was actually closer than that all game. They hung around the entire time. And then they lost by seven to Miami and were stopped on the one-yard line. So, I think, I mean, those are three really close games to good playoff teams. And Well, I mean, the Cardinals aren't playoff teams, but they're still a solid team. And then they're playing now the two and nine Bears, who are led by their third-string quarterback, who don't have their tight end, their best wide receiver, uh, I think their second best wide receiver, Kevin White, he's on the IR too. So is Matt Barkley gonna play? Who's gonna be the quarterback for the? Yeah, Bears? I mean Barkley kind of looks nice, but yeah, Berg, Barkley's their third string quarterback. Berg, that's like saying the Sixers look nice. Hey, the Sixers do look nice. Okay, well I'm gonna. They get only to... lost. They only lost to Cleveland by four last night. Yeah, one twelve, one oh eight. Didn't didn't Cleveland did a lot of their guys play or something? I think I saw. A, yeah. I think I literally saw a headline double. like that on ESPN. 
Yeah, LeBron had a triple-double. Kyrie had 39. I mean, Sixers don't play much defense, but they're in that game. So I'm going with my first pick. I'm taking all favorites. I think you're taking all <laughs> underdogs. I'm taking Green Bay. I am. Minus four and a half. They're at home against Houston. I think I'm ready to indict Houston and indict Brock. I No, I agree with that. But the problem with my, my problem with that pick is that I'm ready to indict the Packers too. What are you what are you indicting now? The Packers? Okay. What? They don't have a defense. True. They don't have an offense outside of Aaron Rodgers. Kinda true. You know what's the problem when they're mad that Cheeseburger Eddie went down for the season? Hey, Cheeseburger Eddie, you know he worked out with the P ninety X guy in the off season? <laughs> Doesn't show. Tony what's his name? <laughs> Tony something? I don't know, but he that boy needs to Hit the best is the best is Eddie. Eddie wears his glasses in his picture, like on all of his pictures. It's like cheesy Eddie, like cheesing yeah. with his cheeseburger cheeks, and then he's got his like his his like <laughs> studious his studious glasses on in all of his like pictures. Yeah, so, he's ridiculous, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the Packers, but I mean that's the I really don't like Tennessee or uh, Houston either. No, and yeah, I I just don't think Houston. I don't know. I'm going with Green Bay. I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm, I'm, I, le- I left all the good games to you, Berg. <laughs> That's what happened. Right, well, so. well, my second pick, I'm taking Tampa Bay, getting three and a half points at San Diego. Now, here's my case for this, this pick. One, Tampa Bay has been one of the hottest teams in football lately. They beat the Chiefs two weeks ago, who are one of the best teams, and then they beat uh, Seattle last week, who's top three team in the NFL, and now they're playing at San Diego, and San Diego, their home home field advantage literally means nothing. Like, they, they're, they're, there's going to be more Tampa Bay fans there than San Diego fans there. They're they're ready to be LA <laughs> More already. Tampa Bay fans, LOL. Yeah, literally. Tampa Bay is like, is like San Diego East. Yeah, maybe, but San Diego is five and six, and they're good. They find a way to lose every single, like, all yep. close games against any good team. They're and you're getting up, three and a half points. They're getting three and a half points. Yeah. So that means that San Diego has to win by four or more. I don't think they could do that. I take Tampa Bay. No, that makes sense. And then I'm going with a Thursday night game here. Dallas. Oh, gosh. Favored by three at Minnesota. I like Dallas because I do too. Minnesota. I, do too. I just think they can win by more than a field goal. I think the O line of Minnesota's, you know, in tatters and they have no momentum. And they have limited offensive weapons. And well, Sam Bradford yeah. gets, like, he's a momentum guy. Like, he had a lot of momentum, and then he lost it. And now it's, like, more like he's looking really sheepish. Really sheepish. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I mean, to steal from Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal, look at that game and tell me how many points is my uh, Minnesota going to score. Can you tell me they're going to score more than 14 points? No chance. No chance. And then you look Unless at Dallas, and it's like Dallas teams. is going to score their normal 28 points. Right. And their O-line's so going to be fine. Like, yeah, their O-line's yeah, going to do so their I, thing. I don't think and... it's a problem. No. So what do you got for your third? I, I like that pick. Uh, I have the uh, Washington Native Americans getting two and a half points against the Arizona Cardinals. This is the man who voted for Hillary Clinton, folks. <laughs> Just remember that. Yeah, getting two and a half points. Barely lost to Dallas on Thursday night. Uh, Kirk Cousins is slinging the ball around. The Washington's played really well. I uh, I like him. I like him. They got Fat Rob. 
They got a good team. Yeah, and they're playing. Who are they playing? Arizona. Who and, got murdered by Tampa Bay. Yeah, Arizona's like a team with bad momentum, and they're kind of in tatters. Yeah. Like, not they're good. not making the wild card in the NFC. No chance. The Giants no. are... Yeah. Are the Giants 8-3 and three or 7-3? and 8-3. They're yeah. gaming out back of Dallas. And they're they're a wild card team in the NFC. They are. So Yeah. Yeah, things are And so is Washington. Washington's I think in the wild card right now too. Yeah, Arizona's not making the wild card. They're done. No chance. And Red yeah. Washington's in that last wild card. Yeah, they have a lot to fight for. Yeah. So I'm taking I think I'm taking an easy one. Denver minus four and a half at Jacksonville. Bounce back game. Just mismatched rosters. Basically, Denver has to win this game by a touchdown, five points. Yeah, I just Denver. I always get scared. Denver, Houston, Kansas City. It seems like making nervous picking them because their offenses are just like not good, and their defenses are good, but their offense just like I worry about that game where they're going to come out and score like ten points, and then I'm. I mean, I still think they're going to beat Jacksonville, but I think it. it it's yeah. going to be closer than people think. And that's why I would get nervous betting that game. But I also, my picks last week, I was awful. I lost a lot of money last week, so. Oh, what'd you go with? Did you go Thanksgiving, oh, Berg? I... Berg, did you go Thanksgiving? No, I bet okay. college games, and I okay. lost every single one of them. Did you take Michigan? I, I think I lost, like, six different games this weekend. What was the line on Michigan-Ohio State? We didn't talk about that. Oh, we can talk about this. It was three and a half. Ohio State was favored by three and a half. I picked Ohio State. Do you know how much they won by? Three. Three. Yep. Oh, my. That was my weekend in a nutshell right there. So you were actually – so I guess you would have been rooting for them to kick the field goal and then go to triple overtime and then – Yeah. I mean, at that point, yeah. you were kind of lost, but it was sort of a yeah. lost cause. But So you went with that, and then what else did you go with? So you went with all the big games. Oh, I so mean, I had South beat. Carolina against Texas A&M. I had SMU Navy. I had uh, USC. Uh, Who did USC play? USC Notre Dame. I had I had a lot of games, and I picked them all wrong. All of them. <laughs> it was not a good weekend. <laughs> Bad weekend. Alabama, you, should just stick to, you should stick to NFL. You have you have a winning record on this, cousin Berg. I know, I know, and I've done my. The problem with me is. I like bet a couple games like a three weeks in a row, and I'll bet it small, and I'll do well, and then I'm like, okay, I'm doing well. This weekend, I'm going to go crazy. Because it's the biggest weekend. And then in then I go crazy, football. and then I just get killed. Yeah, it happens every time. It happened with me against Louisville, Clemson earlier in the season. Yeah. That was like the worst day of gambling in my life, and so I've just yeah. I've been kind of slowing down since that. Are you getting like reason to hope for the Bills again? Are there thoughts on that? Meh. No. Meh. Do you hear Meh. Rex? He said Rex said. That he thought the fans were the reason they won the game. Does that concern you? I, I mean, the Bills. No, the Bills have one of the best fans. They have like the best fans in the NFL. They go get hyped there. They've made the playoffs in sixteen years, and they get hyped there. Yeah, I, it that just concerns me because it sounds. It just it's Rex should be working on being more like a Belichick. I mean, because yeah. he should work on that, and then he's hyping up. Like stuff that isn't true, like the fans won us the game. Yeah, I don't it's know. Just, I mean, it's not the New York Jets, Rex. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I, let's look at the Bills from a fan perspective. The Browns have made the playoffs more recently than the Bills. That's all you need to know That's about that concerning. franchise. So the yeah. fact that they still get fans to come out and go crazy every game, it's 
they have some pretty good fans out there. They do. Cousin Bird, can you impart us with any other wisdom? Anything? Um, I am taking Ezekiel Elliott to win the MVP of the league. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave it at that, folks. This is KCPR 91.3 FM. We are out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. This is the Sports Report.